You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Abby. And you're listening to The Real Moms of Bravo, where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30 minutes or less every week. And before we go into our deep dive, we are going to talk about Bethany leaving. A lot of crazy things happened last week with Bethany's announcement of her leaving and then whether or not she's maybe married. It was just kind of very, very unexpected. I was shocked. How about you? I was shocked. And then I I felt like it just seemed so abrupt, which it did. So we're hearing a lot of theories. She wasn't fired. Well, we don't know for sure. There's a lot of things out there. The theory, I believe, it, I, do, I don't think she was fired. Uh, I do think she's trying to stay relevant when she mentioned the, like, only housewife that's married because she said that that's a joke that she's been saying forever because she's technically still married to Jason. I think she just wanted to keep people in suspense of everything, which is smart because I think she's got a lot of projects coming up. She is super, super smart and always, like, like a couple steps ahead of everyone else around her. But I thought it was kind of shitty that she didn't tell her castmates that they were completely. (laughs) I don't know why I'm Australian all of a sudden. I like her castmates in that they were kind of completely blindsided because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, if Beverly Hills is shooting right now, I would imagine that New York is about to or is shooting. So they, from what I've heard in different sources, I hate saying that, but I don't want to expose some of the people who give us what seems to be very credible information. Um, inside sources have said that they were getting ready to start filming, but now it's on hold because it was pretty abrupt. So the, the theory I believe and what I've heard from different Bravo accounts and what seems to be the most believable story um, was not that she was fired, but that she was still negotiating her contract and the amount that she was going to make per episode. And she threw out an extremely high number higher than what any other housewife's making. And, I mean, let's keep in mind, Nini makes millions every season. So I don't know if she threw out, like, you know, 250000 an episode. I'm not really sure. But it was apparently an extremely high number. They said no, and she, instead of basically trying to counter, she said, I'm out, and immediately released a statement to the point that a lot of uh, the crew found out via social media. Because wow. Of it was super quick, and it felt like Bethany had that statement ready. Her publicist had it ready. It went to Variety. It was pretty immediate. And, of course, she wasn't in New York. She was in the California area. I just – I I don't know. I was, I was so surprised for a couple of reasons. I would have thought 
she she did end on a high note last season. I thought Bethany had a great season last season with Dennis passing. I know she's getting some more serious in that relationship, but I just wasn't expecting – I would have expected her to have, like, a big, like, promo farewell season, like, just something more official. Well, I announced it at the reunion. I thought maybe if they would have said something – you know, they always recap and what they're going to do going forward, and it would have been a perfect time for her to say – I've lived a lot of life via Real Housewives. I've, I've shown so much, you know, from getting married to divorce, having a kid, falling in love again, losing that love of her life. I, I thought it would have been a perfect time to say, this is this is a time for me to close this chapter and move on to something else. But she didn't. And she kind of made it sound like she was coming back in the way that she wanted to reconcile some of the relationships. So it was very odd. And I feel like this was a plan maybe she knew at the reunion. Oh, yeah. And I think it goes to show that Bethany is a businesswoman and not a, I don't want to say not a friend, but you know what I mean? Like, she's not yeah. a girl's girl. She's not a girl's girl. She doesn't think about those types of things, at least how she's portrayed herself on TV. You never, I don't know. She's very hesitant about who she keeps close to her. I just don't see her as being someone I would. I don't think she'd let anybody get close to her. I think she puts up walls and is very guarded. And occasionally it comes down, but sometimes it comes down and then you end up being the one who gets hurt, like Ramona has. Um, Not that I think Ramona doesn't do things to create some tension there, but it does seem like every time Ramona and Bethany start getting closer, they instantly have a falling out. Um, So I do think there's just – she's a hard person to be friends with, but she was great to watch on the show. I thought she – her interviews were the best. I mean, she was so witty and she's definitely going to be missed. She is an icon when you think about New York. Oh, she's an ultimate icon and she's actually built an empire. Unlike a lot of our other housewives who try to start their businesses when they appear on the show, she's actually truly made a name for herself is on shark tank has this, um, producing, producing, uh, contract, coming up with like, yeah. Mark Burnett for other shows and she she's got a lot going for her so how do you feel like the show is going to survive without her is it do you think it's a good move a good time for New York because we you and I have talked about so many times how perfect this cast is and how we wouldn't mess anything I, up yeah I think it needs a little bit of a shake-up I think other people are going to be gone too I don't know gone completely but I think we're not going to have the same it's not going to be everybody minus Bethany holding an apple I think some people are going to be demoted if I had a bet, I'm going to say Tinsley becomes a friend of. I would not be surprised if Luann also becomes a friend of. And I could see we've been hearing a lot of names out there. There was something that they claim was confirmed, but Bravo has Bravo waits to confirm housewives. Rumors are swirling. I mean, even with Denise Richards, they waited quite a few weeks before they said, yes, she's definitely a housewife. Uh, the person who's confirmed is not anyone I've ever heard of. And it was it's not the Mooch's wife. Everybody knows I wanted um, – the Mooch's wife on there. So I'm sure there'll be new people. And I think it's going to be fun to watch. Mm. Well, I can't wait. I mean, the ladies constantly deliver. I think between Dorinda, Ramona, Sonia, even Tinsley, I think they all carry their own weight. They're all entertaining to watch. So, well, I guess we'll know. What, soon is, what a shift, though, if you look in the last just 12 months. So L, a lot of OGs, LVP, Vicky, and now Bethany. And I, I do think the other women, it gives them a chance to shine. I think Kyle always was an OG. I mean, she is an OG. But with Lisa gone, she became really 
the main OG for Beverly Hills. Uh, I could see Sonia or Ramona stepping up and becoming that person for New York, too. Most definitely. I mean, they kind of are in their own right. I think the difference between Beverly Hills and New York, I feel like it's more of an ensemble with New York, with Dorinda, Ramona, and Sonia yes. as a trio. They like It's kind of like strength in numbers when they all work, too. And it <laughs> works a little better for New York in that way to me. And versus Kyle really, you know carries a lot of the weight, along with Lisa Rana, I'd say, for Beverly Hills. Oh, definitely. But uh, so that's the drama not on the screen. And we are going to skip Below Deck. It's actually happening right now as we talk. So we will be covering that on our stories. Uh, but we do want to jump into Million Dollar Listing before we dive into OC and Southern Charm because it was quite the episode. I have not seen it yet, so I'm going to let Vanessa kind of take it over. So, yeah, so we found out last week that Luis is going to be a father. Everyone's blown away. Best kept secret. Abby and I have talked about how there's no secrets like that exist anymore in the world of social media and Bravo, especially since we've kind of joined this Bravo world and started sharing all of our thoughts with you. So it turns out in the episode that Luis is baby girl is going to be born two months from when he shared that news when it aired. Based on the time frame of the setting of how they filmed everything, it looks like it was last winter, fall. So this baby is born. We don't know the details of who the mother is, who, if he adopted. We don't know any details around the the child's mother or where the child came from. I have a theory, and it's not, it's just truly a theory. So don't add us. Yeah, don't add us. Don't at me, but please slide into the RDMs because we love it when you do if you agree with this theory. I have a theory. So if you recall in the first couple episodes, A Million Dollar Listing New York, Louise talks about heartbreak and now he's super heartbroken. And it kind of, um, it was part of the reason why he had a really difficult time. Well, he said he did not want to share any news regarding sharing the story regarding this child and this baby. I wonder if the end of his relationship and this baby has something to do with each other, whether he was unfaithful or they had a minor break or whatever it may be. That's just kind of where my mind went to. Again, we don't know this. We want this to be super, yeah. super happy and healthy, but I wonder if we'll find out. And I guess, obviously, men are better at keeping secrets than any women on any of the Bravo shows we watch, because usually we would know this by now. So yeah. it's just well, very it's interesting. Well, a little bit harder. Like, if you're a female on the show, eventually certain things can become a little noticeable. Oh, if you were... yes, very true. If you were pregnant. <laughs> but I just mean, like, the shock. Yeah, that is a yeah. very, very obvious given. Yes, Abby, you're absolutely right. Um, but, no, I think also I just think it's Million Dollar Listing New York is very different because – Yes, their lives are part of the show, but it's really their jobs and real estate and the houses are selling and the drama with their clients is the reason why we tune in. And I think they're a glimpse into their lives. It's just the cherry on top, but it's not the driving force behind people viewing the show. So I do think they can get away with not sharing as much. But when you go on Real Housewives or Southern Charm, People are watching because it's your life being shown, and I think you have to share it then. And people who don't or pick and choose don't last that many seasons. So there is a difference. That's a very, very fair point. And I do think Louise coming back and knowing that he's a baby on the way to support, to me, makes a lot more sense why he's going back to uh, reality TV and real estate. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 
But with that, we are going to dive into OC, and it was a good episode. I feel like the, I always say the sophomore slump does not exist with Real Housewives. The first episode of the season is just sort of recapping where people are and starting to set up the dynamics of the relationship. And I feel like it's the second episode where, or is this the third? It might be the third now. I think, I can't, you and I have mom brain. I can't yeah. remember. It's probably it's the, the third. It Maybe might be not. the third, but the second or third, it's those, the few, le- like, right after the first, I think, are the best ones because usually some drama happens quickly. And um, we pick up with the uh, kind of a little bit of the party, of Tamara's party still, of her new housewarming. Um, but then we also have another sort of event where everyone's together. And I loved that Bronwyn didn't give a shit what Vicky thought of her. When Vicky was trying to basically say, you be nice to me and you don't judge me. And Bronwyn just said, I, I, I'll see what how people act around, around me and that's how I make my judgment. And I think that's why Bronwyn is a fan favorite and she's clearly done her homework and has watched these housewives and she's like, nah, Vicky, I'm not going to play those games and I've seen you for who you are on many, many seasons. I did think she had a really valid point, um, kind of maybe like a third of the way through the episode. She said in one of her interviews, part of her hesitation with befriending Vicky is she said some very hurtful things about Kelly's daughter, knowing Kelly's daughter was being bullied. And as a mom, particularly a mom with, you know, seven kids, she has to be extremely mindful of what the people she's introducing and what is being brought into their family. And I thought that was a really good point. You know, Vicky does have a history of hurting people close to her and it affects their reputation as a mother. And I think it was smart that Bronwyn kind of had a guard up knowing that. Absolutely. Vicky takes low jabs. She takes them. And a lot of the times I feel like she apologizes, but she doesn't really mean the apology. And you kind of saw that. Yeah. I mean, we saw that with her interaction with Kelly. Like she kind of, I mean, and was, we saw it later on yeah. in the episode when Kelly came up again. But before we got there, how did you feel about watching Gina? So Gina and Emily have a heart-to-heart over at Emily's house. Emily's kind of asking Gina, like, what's been going on, and then Gina starts to open up. Like, what was your take on all that? It was so heartbreaking. And I think it's because I I know I'm starting to sound like a, a broken record a bit with Gina, but it's like I'm starting to slowly watch this person unravel and for me particularly as a mom it's really hard knowing she's a mom as well because it's like you just want to somehow go back in time and stop what you know is about to happen Um, so she's not as hurt and her kids aren't as hurt but hearing her talk about Matt cheating on her and that you know she thinks that maybe they never stop seeing each other it does shed a lot of light on the whole why like situation why he was living in LA and she was still in Orange County. She had no interest in moving the family to Orange County. It's starting to make sense, but it still was so sad. And it also now is making sense why she was so casual about the divorce. Because I think she thought maybe they could make it work because of the fact that they were getting divorced because he cheated. And then the fact that, you know, he's still seeing the woman and the woman sent him a Valentine's Day card and she found it. Oh, it was just so hard. It was so heartbreaking. And even seeing her have that moment when she was hesitant in sharing that information, how she, like, stepped aside from Emily's living room and had, like, a pep talk with herself, 
that was so hard for me to watch. And honestly, Emily just sat there. I'm like, I know there's cameras in front of you, but I would have like walked over or been like, hey, are you okay? It just felt, I don't know if Emily is like that all the time, like if she's not the warmest person, but that to me felt a little cold in that moment. But it was super, super heartbreaking. And I think you're right. We see it, especially in her interviews. Everyone's commenting on how different Gina looks from the show in these couple episodes and to her interviews. We're seeing her unravel. This is someone who's clearly in pain and hurting and dealing with a lot. Just you literally can see the hurt on her face. And that's, I think, the hardest part for me in watching it. And the fact then that every woman interviewed after basically said I knew that they there was rumors of an affair I didn't want to bring it up I thought that said a lot because the women who didn't I mean Tamara didn't say anything Emily didn't say anything I don't think Vicky knew because Vicky would have brought it up at the reunion um (laughs) if she knew that but I think it says a lot for these women and I think part of it is maybe not so much with Emily but you know Tamara's been divorced I'm sure if Shannon knew about it, she wouldn't say anything because she was cheated on and knows the pain that follows with that. Um, And I'm, I just, I really hope for Gina. She's starting to go through what we saw Shannon, you know, go kind of into the low. She's declining in sense of just her marriage is, um, is ending. She's going through a lot of pain herself. She's drinking a lot, which is why, you know, she had the DWI. I hope that we see the Shannon we see now. I hope we see that with Gina. I hope we get to see that story kind of rise to the top again. I agree 110%. And I think she will. I think she has to, especially for her children. I think she will. Do you think she's going to ride Kelly's choo-choo train? (laughs) Oh, my God. What was that all about? If it's what I think it is, this is the most (laughs) inappropriate thing to say on national television. And if this is what I think it is, this is, I think, the nail in the coffin for Vicky because she's brought up Coke allegations. She told people that she said at the reunion, she told Kelly to her face that Kelly doesn't spend any time with her daughter. And horrible things. And to basically then imply that Kelly, I, I'm i going to say it sounds like she let some gentlemen run a train on her is what it sounds like, if you don't oh, know what that means. Okay. I, that's like, what I think. Like, I, mean, I don't people think are like hiving, fiving each other in. Like, yeah. Like, I, I think she, if it's what I think it is, I doubt it's riding a choo choo train. I think it has something to do with that. I also think it's really, really, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Not ironic, but it's, it just, Vicky got so mad at Lori probably six seasons ago, her yelling, I have never had multiple partners in my life. At the ski, when they went skiing. Yes, that was one of the most, honestly, my favorite Vicky meltdown ever. It's a, a great Vicky moment. But knowing how mad she was about that, and she brought that up, and she still is mad at Lori for it. What she, what Vicky is claiming is ten times worse than saying that Vicky had a threesome. Oh, way worse. Way worse. And she knows exactly what she's doing by telling – she told Shannon, and, Tam, and Tamara is such a shit disturber. I forgot how big of a shit disturber she was oh, because yeah. she, like, kind of brings it up. Like, what? Like, no, especially knowing she shouldn't bring it up. And when you bring stuff like that up, and especially knowing why – Kelly's not perfect by any means, and Kelly's a shit disturber in her own rights. But just even seeing the hurt that her daughter went through and to continue to bring shit like that up is just really low, trashy to me, not classy. Trashy, not classy. Yeah, it's awful. I it's 
And I agree. I think Tam- the way Tamara said it, but Vicky was fishing because she said, I know worse things. I didn't say the worst of it when I said she does coke. And Gina immediately was like, well, then what you know must be pretty bad because to say that someone's a cokehead is a pretty harsh statement to put out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just curious to see how this is going to continue to unravel and how Kelly is going to rip some people a new asshole. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of assholes, which brought me back to New Jersey moment with the monkey's asshole. (laughs) As a visual. That's that's such a great, oh, your lips look like a monkey's asshole. I know. Such a great moment. Such a great moment. Speaking of great moments though, Southern Charm, the reunion, I loved it. I thought it was really fun. There was a lot of things uncovered and Andy kept everyone honest. I do want to know why they filmed the reunion in New York. I'm pretty sure. Uh, they've always done that. And I'm not really, sure I guess yeah. you're right. Not that you're, no. The very first one after Palmer was born, which would have been last season, Cameron was being inter- like asked a question by Andy. And she said that Palmer was crawling while she was gone and she missed that moment. But that's part of, kind of what happens when you're a mom that has a job or has something you have to do. I but. guess I never made that connection until now, but um, best dress really quick, like fun before we get into the gossip. Who was your favorite best dress? I think it's actually going to be Madison. I love that off the shoulder on her. I know who your favorite is though. Oh, I loved Catherine. I thought it was the best she's ever looked. I liked the drama. I would never, ever wear that, but I just thought for her, she, it just looked, she looked like a pageant queen. I liked it. She is always dressing for a different party, but that's Catherine. She does it every every reunion. <laughs> and so is Shep. Shep looked like a dad. <laughs> oh, oh, Shep. Well, speaking of Shep, how did you feel about Andy's grilling of Shep? I actually I, loved every fucking second of it. Andy is getting so confident as a host. I think because he's been pushed, he's basically been yelled at in return by Ramona. He's seen it all and he just has no fear and goes for it. I loved it. I think Shep deserved it. I hated the way Shep defended himself and it just proved he's an awful person by saying that's what I heard. My, my grandma, I was born into this, this like elitist attitude. It's awful. And I said this to you, we were talking about it and I was like, my grandpa would make some racist statements and if I were to say those, I'm like, oh, I heard it from my grandpa. I don't think anyone would like, oh, it's okay, Abby. You're fine. Like, I grew up hearing him say things that were not appropriate. I now know they're not appropriate. I never repeated them as a child. But I would never use that as an excuse. And in, in my mind, it's the same thing. You can't blame who you are on the fact that your grandparents instilled something in you. Oh, no. It's such a cop-out. It's such a cop-out. He was sweating he his apology was it wasn't even I felt like a really an apology it was just dumb I feel like he just is not does not like to hold himself accountable for his actions I did not like it and honestly I have to say I'm a little disappointed Cam didn't give him more shit for it I feel like Cam stands up for shot too much I'm gonna say I agreed I was expecting her to tell him he I mean she said that he something was inappropriate or I forgot what she implied with him but she did not really go after him the way she's, I wouldn't say go, gone after other people, but she will sometimes lay into people at reunions, and she did not do it with Shep. The thing she was most upset about was the real estate thing, which to me was ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. I would have to say I was a little disappointed in Cam there. Yeah, I agree. 
I loved, though, that Andy immediately went to, not immediately, but did not hold back with Naomi and Matul. I loved it. I knew it. I called it. You and I talked about it. I was like, I knew that moment. Fans, someone's going to write in that they did not. Like the fact that Matul, T-O-O-L, all caps, was dictating what Naomi ate. And I love that. It made me laugh that Naomi was like, oh, he just didn't portray well on camera. You all know him. And, I mean, maybe there's a tiny slither of truth. I think there's a fine – there's a difference between being uncomfortable on camera and not liking it. Like, I think we see that with Whitney. And then also, I think the camera also shows who you are. (laughs) I agree. I I mean, there's only so much editing. I mean, if you're telling someone not to eat something, you're kind of a dick. There's no way around that. I – I don't know if this is going to affect Naomi because I think we saw a very boring version of Naomi. And I I don't think we saw a lot of her, but she also made some really poor choices. She didn't go on the cast trip, which I think is a, a prime time to not highlight yourself, but just to make yourself a little bit more likable or more involved in drama to secure yourself another season. I don't I don't know if we see her next season. What do you think? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if she kind of got demoted. Truthfully, Danny should take her spot because she's done more work this past season or has yeah. made herself more interesting. I mean, you know, we know we want Madison on there, too, instead of Eliza, who wasn't even there, which was yeah, kind of hilarious. Very telling. Yeah. Very, very telling that she wasn't even there. But, I, yeah, I thought Naomi was really, really boring. I like what she stands for, and she's usually fun, but she was super, super dull. And not that I want to see her, not that I enjoyed watching her fight with Craig. I just felt like she was a lot more involved with the group. Yeah, it just, I needed to see more from her. I think that the biggest part of the, for me, the biggest part of this episode one of the reunion was Catherine's sobriety. Um And I'm still not sure how I feel about parts of it. I've, like, wrestled in my brain with where I stand on this. So what are your thoughts? It's really, really tough. So in the episode, to just refresh everyone's memories, memories, I don't know why I said it plural there, (laughs) memory. (laughs) I sound like Teresa Judah. You might have, yeah. Do you have ingredients? I know. So there was an interview that Catherine did on Watch What Happens Live where she seemed cracked out of her mind. I have to be honest, I felt like I watched it at the time when it was live, but I was probably with my daughter. It was like background noise. I wasn't paying enough close enough attention to it. She did, and the clips that they played seem really, really out of it. Austin, you know, everyone, all the eyes of the cast members are like panning eyes that they felt like something was not, not right. Catherine immediately shoots off, off, shuts Austin down as like, you do not speak about my sobriety. Then it was revealed that she does not smoke weed, but she does drink. She says she does not party like she once did, but she drinks. I do not know how I feel. I've also wrestled with this in my mind. I've thought about what I've thought about in my mind are two paths. One had Catherine not been with Thomas. I feel like she may have been poor mothering choices and probably partied a little too much and did those things because she got pregnant so young. But I can see, I wouldn't say I'm glad she got in all these legal problems because I wouldn't wish that upon anyone, but I think it has held her more accountable and has forced her to grow up quicker for her children. I don't know. I feel really conflicted about it. I feel conflicted as well. I don't know. 
I don't know if she recognizes that she has a problem. I think she does not smoke weed because it's the one thing that Thomas can use so she does not see her kids. There was an allegation, and we haven't seen a response, that she failed a drug test uh, recently, I believe, right? Wasn't that what they were alluding to? I think they were alluding to that in the episode. but so like a preview. Re- yeah. Yeah, something like that, yes. But she does have joint custody of the kids, so I feel like if she did that, if that is true, she would not have joint custody. I would agree. So I, I, but I don't think she recognizes she has a problem when it comes to marijuana. I think she just does not smoke it because she can't, and I don't think she's drinking too much. I don't know. I haven't seen her. We don't see her drink on the show. Uh, but I think it's almost something like Luann, where Luann said, I don't know if after I have this court-ordered rehab, if I will continue my sobriety. I think if Catherine wasn't being forced to not do drugs, um, I bet she still would. And I don't know if that means she has a problem or if it just means she's a young person who's having a lot of fun. But it just so happens to be she's a mom responsible for two other people's lives. Um, it just it's it's really hard, and I don't really know where I stand because I don't know her well enough, and I want to be cautious of what I say. But I think there's something going on. And maybe it's not her smoking weed, um, but there's something going on. Well, and I I have to remind myself, and I kind of wish the cast to, and this is me giving being a little sympathetic to Catherine, not saying she's made the best decisions in her life by any means, but I mean Thomas is trash, <laughs> and I yeah. do, and it, his decisions and all the allegations against him with his drug use, the rape allegations, his own. Yeah. Kind of issues like ultimately we want what's best for the children but I do feel like the cast in watching them of course you feel a little sense of disappointment because you are rooting for Catherine but I also it's like you know you have to remember how Catherine got here she got in a relationship with a man twice her age it, yes it was her decision to be in that relationship with that man however I do feel like Thomas was very controlling over her and kind of let her in this path and she's in this kind of her own little hell, not the same kind of hell that Bethany's in with her ex, but a different kind of hell where every little move she does, she's scrutinized, and I'm sure there's a lot of pressure and stress that goes along with that. Of course. I think I that's a really good point. I mean, she's going through more than any of us are. Uh, and we also saw when she was talking to Craig earlier in the season, she broke down and said, if he goes to jail, I am a single parent. I don't know if she's prepared to handle that. Absolutely. I, I, I don't know. Think- I mean, I wouldn't be. So there's a lot going on. The only reason why I think there's more to the story here when it comes to Catherine's sobriety is it would be one thing if one person was alleging that she maybe was drinking too much or they were seeing her out partying. They all were shooting looks to each other as if this was like one of those things that everyone's aware of, but nobody wants to actually come out and say, how bad it is or what they really think of it because they don't want to ruin her life, so to speak. I mean, it would ruin her life if they somebody came and put that allegation out there because knowing Thomas, he would then go right back to the courts and try to prove that she's an unfit mother. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. I do agree with you that there's something fishy or weird going on. I do think Catherine – and we have all rooted for her and done like the Queen Catherine, yay, like go yeah. her. I do think she is, she's a complex reality TV star in the sense where she is vulnerable, but also not at the same time. She has a little bit of Bethany in her, but very different, where she puts walls up 
very quickly. And I feel like you don't get the full truth because of that. That's a really, really good comparison. I hadn't thought of that. And I think that's part of the reason why I think naturally we all cheer for Bethany because we've seen her go through so many hardships in her life. And we all naturally cheer for Catherine because we've seen her go through so many hardships in life. So that's a a really good comparison. And I think both are probably going through more than we'll ever understand because there's certain things they just can't talk about. No. And we have to say, we saw her on our Instagram stories. We just posted it today, but she's selling a lot of her stuff. So, I mean, we've talked about Catherine's spending habits, so clearly she's trying to pay for them now. (laughs) Yeah. I will say her stuff was very reasonable. I will use the one thing that I thought was definitely showing that she wasn't overcharging. I don't know about some of the jewels that they're custom and really that exciting, but she was selling a bob for $75, and it looked like it was in really good condition. And for those of you who don't have kids, a bob is a stroller that is maybe one of the only true running strollers out there. I think there's a few that claim to be, but this is sort of like if you run – on like trails and stuff like that this is supposed to be the best stroller i have a bob and a double bob and those shocks man those absorb everything it's like (laughs) those are some thick tires too and they're really expensive you never sounded more like a mom yeah (laughs) i love it those shocks on that stroller um (laughs) as i walk my children on our sidewalk that clearly does not need these big shocks but it uh a new one cost i want to say 399 dollars a double stroller, I think, is five hundred. Five six hundred. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, up, so up there. For her to sell a single bob for seventy five dollars, that's in good condition. I was like, no, oh, she's not really trying to use her fame to overcharge people on this stuff. So no. if you need a bob, go get one. For go Patrick. get one. Get one. Before we move on from Southern Charm, I want to get your quick take on Craig and his Adderall, maybe addiction. I guess. I'm not downplaying it. I'm sure there, it's true. I guess I didn't realize people really truly get addicted to Adderall. I will say I, I, I dabbled in Adderall in college. I think a lot of us in college, I don't know if you did V, so I don't want to speak for you. No. Took it as I, a, a study. You never did? No, I did once. I did oh, okay. once and it freaked me out because I, I had major, major heart palpitations. Like I, it, it freaked me out. It's scary. I remember I took it one time to, and I pulled an all-nighter. And it helped me do it so that I could study. And I actually got a good grade on that test, on that final. And I thought, okay, if I need to do this again, I can. And so the following semester, I did it again. But I took somebody's, like, time release, and it was higher milligrams. And my – it was like my brain was just so crazy, and my eyes, I felt like were bugging on my head so much that I could not focus. So it is it is a powerful drug. I just didn't realize it's something that people – use habitually and abuse like that but I, guess, I, I mean, it, it's almost like cocaine yeah I've heard uh, doing two things to people one along the lines of what Craig kind of I guess experienced with the lack of sleep and all of that but I've also heard people um who have eating disorders because it suppresses your appetite yeah, a little it bit does do that so a, yeah I've heard it and kind of abused in that sense I mean I guess any prescription drug can be abused and that one maybe one that's under the radar a little bit um, but I thought it was interesting, and it was very interesting to me because I did not make this connection. But when Cam commented on how good Craig looked, it did not cross my – I thought it was more like he's single and yeah. he happy. I did not even think it had anything to do with the fact that he had gained some weight and looked healthier. I mean, Craig like physically perfect. But, yes, I think he looked – and he had a tan. He looked really good. 
I just think it is amazing how everybody on our Bravo show just talks about how they abuse prescription drugs, and it doesn't seem to be like that big of a deal. Like people are talking about, oh, I don't take Adderall anymore. I'm not taking Xanax anymore. It doesn't sound like any of these people are getting obtaining these things legally, because if they were, I feel like a physician would step in and be like, you're running through this too quickly. I'm not going to fulfill your, I'm not going to fill your prescription. Yeah, no, it's very interesting how candid some of them are about it. It's, it is kind of weird. It's just like this accepted thing, I guess. I guess popping pills. I don't don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Abby and I are so square that we don't know what that's like. So if you do, please enlighten us because we are in our own little bubble, and I'm glad to be in my bubble. I am too. I mean, as much as we said we wish we would have done a lot more wild things in college, those years are way, way beyond us, and there's no going back. So I'll just continue to be the person who really never did anything that exciting other than, you know, a few beer bongs and drinking so much I threw up on the side of a frat house a few times. (laughs) We all have. (laughs) Who hasn't been there, right? No, who hasn't? Who hasn't? Well, and one person who's been there, not to call her out a little bit, is our shout-out this week. She is one of our favorite people. This is not a Bravo love, although I think she could be if she had her own show. But this is our very good friend, Tina, and she has been a loyal listener since day one. We should really say Tina and Michael. But I feel like every time we release an episode, the next day she is texting us questions or texting us about how much she enjoyed a certain segment. And it just means a lot to us that she's out there listening to us religiously and listening to it the very next day after an episode releases. It is super, super nice. And she's like one of our closest friends. uh, We have to tell you all, like truthfully, like none of our close friends, spouses, coworkers, very few people who know Abby day day in, day out, like to listen to us. I think people listen in the beginning, but I don't think people are religiously listening. Except my one other friend, Amy, told me uh, yesterday that she uh, listens religiously, but Tina definitely uh, not only listens religiously, but then is providing feedback, asking questions. She is, she's all in. She's a real mom a Bravoholic. <laughs> yes. For someone who doesn't even watch Bravo, mind you. So that just takes her loyalty to so that the next is level. Our, our shout out. If you also listen religiously uh, and have questions and feedback for us, please feel free to, as we say, slide into our DMs because uh, on our personal accounts, no one's sliding into our DMs at all because we're no. boring married people that don't even understand how you can have an Adderall addiction. Or choo-choo train. Or choo-choo train. (laughs) We thought Thomas the train, honestly. Or Blippi, the Blippi train episode. But uh, follow us at Real Moms of Bravo on Instagram and send us messages with your questions and feedback. And if you are listening religiously as well, let us know. Maybe you could be next week's shout-out. And in order to make sure you never miss an episode so that you always know everything that's going on, please subscribe to us and listen to us anywhere where you listen to podcasts. We are on Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, and, of course, Apple. And uh, leave us a review if you haven't already. And if you have any other Bravo-related questions or suggestions for us, like we said, leave us a message. We are always responding to them, and we will try to include it in next week's episode. We will catch you next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. 
Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. 